0: We read in Luke chapter 24 from verse 1 that on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, had happened. Amen.
1: Well, it's now been a week since Easter Sunday. Have you all eaten all your chocolate Easter eggs? Anybody got any left? Oh, well done! I'm coming to your houses because I've eaten all mine. The holidays are over. Everybody gone back to work. Schools go back this week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So life goes on. But what has changed? What difference did Easter Sunday make to your life? What difference has the resurrection made? Now this morning we read an account from Luke's Gospel. Similar account to what we read last week. But we're going to look at the story again and see what we can learn today about that first Easter. And see how it is still affecting our lives this week. The very first line in verse 1 reads, On the first day of the week. Well, here Luke is telling us something important. It's the first day of the week. And in Genesis, we find the pattern of the working week. God created the world in six days. His work was completed at the end of day six. And then there was rest on day seven. And in one of the commentary books that I was reading to prepare for today, he says there's a similar pattern here at the center of history. On the sixth day, Friday, the work of redemption is accomplished. On the seventh day, Saturday, they rested according to the commandment. And then on the first day, a new week begins. The first day of a new era, the first day of a new creation, things have now changed. A whole new world came into being on that first Christian Sunday. And we are now living in the age of the resurrection. We are living in the new creation. Now, these are big concepts to grasp and perhaps a bit easier for us because we've read all the story. We've heard the story many times, but I think it might have taken the women and the first disciples a wee bit longer to fully understand what had happened. Well, the women came to the tomb. Why the women, you might ask? Well, being a woman, I might say that we generally have more staying power than men. We're more practically minded than men. We're stronger in different ways. But maybe we shouldn't go into that just too much this morning. The women had not run away, like many of the other disciples. They had not denied that they knew Jesus. They had been there all along, watching Jesus die on the cross. And I think it is important to remember that not all Jesus' followers left him. The twelve disciples might have. Although John returned to the cross at the end, but the women were there all through it to the very end. So I want to think this morning about three things that we can take from this story. And the first is surprised by God. The women came, not expecting to find anything other than a body, they came with their spices to anoint the body. They came wondering how they were going to move that huge, big stone. They were afraid. They were filled with sorrow and grief. But still, they came. And what a surprise they got. They had expected one thing, but got something completely different. And throughout the Bible, we find many examples of God working like that. Do you remember the story of David and the Goliath? How surprising that victory of small David over giant Goliath. David stood there with no armor, just a sling and some stones. But he defeated the giant who was there with all his armor and his swords. And David managed this because God was with David. Although it must have been a big surprise for anyone else that was watching Can you imagine the two different armies? The Philistines going, what, you are going to defeat him? Nah, I don't think so. And the other, even, you know, the Israelite army going, are we sure this is what we're sending out to beat him? But it was God's plan, and God was with David. He's a God of surprises. And then if we think of the story in Exodus about Moses and the burning bush, there was Moses... Minding his own business, looking after his father-in-law's flock, when there appeared an angel. Now, that's not too surprising, because often angels appeared throughout the Old Testament. But then we read that this angel appeared in flames of fire in a bush. The bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. Well, that is a bit more surprising. So Moses thought he would go over and have a look to see if he could work out why this bush wasn't burning. And of course the reason that it wasn't burning because God was there in the bush. That was another part of God's surprising plan. And in our lives God often works in surprising ways. We might expect things to happen in a certain way and then God works them out in a completely different way. And I'm sure you could think of occasions when you thought something was going to happen. It's going to happen exactly like this. But hey, it ended up happening like that. Or you thought you would get this job or move to this town. And hey, you ended up in a different job, in a different town. But God God surprised you. And something different, something amazing happened when you walk with the God of surprises. And then we known by God. I'm going to read the same account, but from John's Gospel this time. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, "'Woman, why are you crying?' They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? So thinking she was talking to the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned round and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, teacher. So the point Mary recognised Jesus was when he spoke her name. And he spoke her name because he knew her. He knew her well. And I think that is a very powerful image. In Mary's great distress... She couldn't recognize the man in front of her until she heard the way he spoke her name. He said, Mary. And then she knew him and responded to him. Now, Jesus didn't sit her down and calm her down and try to convince her about the facts of the resurrection. Didn't try and argue with her to make her understand. He simply called her by name, Mary. And because she belonged to him, she heard that calling deep within her, and she responded to it. How deep Mary's faith was, that even in her distress, she heard Jesus call her name and respond. Have you heard him call your name? Jesus calls you by your name. He calls to the deep essence of who you are. And time and time again, he will call you back to that recognition and back to worship of the shepherd. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. In the story of Samuel in the Old Testament, we read that God called Samuel by his name. Three times three times God said Samuel 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 and on the third time after speaking to Eli Samuel responded and said Speak, your servant is listening. And Moses standing behind the front of that burning bush, God calling him from the bush, said his name Moses. Moses. And Moses answered, Here I am. God knew Moses. He knew Samuel. Jesus knew Mary. And God knows your name and my name. He knows us and he calls us by our name. We read in Psalm 139. You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, And when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. God knows each and every one of us. He knows us personally. He knows your name. And there's something special when a person knows your name, when a person calls you by your name. So just think how much more special it is when God knows your name, when God calls your name. He is calling to each of us, and he's waiting on us to respond to him, to call him Lord, to respond to Jesus, to call Jesus teacher. And then we have empowered by God. God's power was clearly seen in the resurrection of Jesus for only God has that power that was needed. God has actually been behind everything that happened throughout the whole Easter story. He's actually been in control all along. And from his death all the way through to the resurrection Jesus was walking in God's will. Throughout all the events of Holy Week Jesus walked in God's will. And God's power is given to his people through the Holy Spirit to empower them to follow him and to share the gospel with others. Six weeks time we celebrate Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit came and enabled Peter, that frightened man, that man who ran from Jesus, who denied Jesus, to stand up And to preach in front of a large crowd. Only God's power could enable Peter to do that. And back to Moses. God empowered Moses. Despite Moses' protests that he was unfit, that he couldn't talk to anyone, he couldn't possibly talk to Pharaoh, and he wasn't the right person to lead the people out of Egypt, God empowered Moses to do just that. God knew what Moses was like. He knew what he was capable of. He knew what frightened Moses and what scared Moses. But With God empowering him, Moses was able to do great things for God. And I think the women at the tomb were empowered by God to go and tell the others what they had seen. They were living in a culture in which women were not particularly valued. Their testimony was not allowed. There was no value put in their words. But these women went back to tell the male disciples what they had witnessed, even though the disciples didn't believe them. It might have been easier for the women to say nothing or to go and say, "Oh, we must have been mistaken, we must have got it wrong. But they didn't. They stated clearly what they had seen. They had been told by the angels to go and tell the disciples. And they did just this. So once again, there is an example of God using people who were not of value in their own culture to do something wonderful for him. And the women were the first witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. What a joy! What a privilege they were granted by Jesus and God. So there we see God's plan in action once again. God empowers us today. His power didn't stop on that first Easter Sunday. It continues all throughout till the end of the age. Remember the first words we started this passage with today was on the first day of the week. The resurrection was not the end, it was the beginning. We live in the light of the resurrection and we have a specific purpose through everything that's happened. As Jesus stepped out of the tomb, he launched a new journey of faith, of discipleship and of service. And he asks each of us to step out with him, into that new day, that new life that started on Easter Sunday. So we are surprised by God for service, known by God for service, and empowered by God for service. For service runs through everything that happened. And God breaks into our lives, when we least expect it often, to call us, for service. Moses out on that field looking after his father-in-law's sheep was not expecting to hear from God and he certainly was ex- wasn't expecting to be called for the service that he was. Samuel was not expecting to be called by God as a young boy, but he was. And I'm sure David did not expect to go and fight Goliath when he got up that morning to take the sandwiches to his brothers. But God surprises us for service. Did I expect my life to work out the way it has? Did I expect to be standing here today? No, not really. God has surprised me many, many times over the years, and I'm sure he has surprised you as well. When God calls you for service, he calls each of you by name. For each of us, are known individually by God. He knows what you're good at, even if you try and hide it. He knows what your gifts and your talents are, even if we don't quite believe we have any. And each and every one of us are called to service in some way in this new life that we're now living. But we need to listen carefully, for sometimes God shouts, but sometimes God speaks with a quiet whisper. So we need to be alert. We need to listen to God. To see to where and to what he's calling each of us. And then last, but no means least, we are empowered by God for service. We can't do it. We can't serve effectively if we're not empowered by God. We need his power, which is given through the Holy Spirit, to guide us to where we are called and then to empower us each and every day so that we can be of service to him. So if you don't know the Master, or if you want to know him more fully, or it might seem a long time since you think you've heard God calling your name, don't let these opportunities pass by. In this season of Easter, take the time to speak with God. Come and speak to any of the ministry team here. But don't let Easter be a one-off event in your life. Make it the start of a new life, a new beginning. Hear the Lord calling your name and respond. Let's pray. (coughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you that you surprise us, that you know us, and that you empower us. And that all this is done for your service. In the quietness now, Lord, speak to us. May we hear your voice calling. Lord, help us to remember these things each and every day. Amen.